have you heard? The birds, the word. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Today on the show, the Ravens beat the formerly undefeated Patriots, though the word beat doesn't seem to be strong enough word there. Also, an Orioles pitcher, believe it or not, gets an off-season honor. All that and more on this edition of Section 336. Behind home plate, we bringing it to a more day. Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the Zanny Barone. What up, Coconuts? And the button lover, Josh Sroka. After all that work of your mic, Matt, I think Bert's mic is not assigned right either. What are you talking about? Uh, you just sound really far away from your microphone when you got started there. All right, I'll, I'll put it closer to my mouth. I I thought I might be able to sit back and relax. but I don't, I don't even think you've got Skype assigned to that proper mic. I think all that stuff that we just went through with Matt, yours isn't assigned right. Yeah. Can I tell you something? We've been a little behind the scenes talk. We've been doing this show on Skype since Josh moved to Florida about a year ago. I'm just kidding. It hasn't been a year. It's been a couple months. But I every week we do a Skype, I bring out my blue snowball which is not like a snowball. It's an actual microphone. And I like talking to Blue Snowball. And I just found out prior to the show that the snowball was never hooked up. No, it was hooked up. You just, it just wasn't selected in Skype. It wasn't so that, se- selected in Skype. Yes, yeah, so I wasn't. You, I was talking to Blue Snowball, but that, the mic was, it was, it was useless. It was probably fine for the other weeks. just acted up today. Well, my, mic, my mic is lit up and my camera is lit up. Did you go to the audio settings and, and click on the blue snowball? Uh, Are we, we're now a... Uh, how about now? Yeah, there, see? There we go. Now Bert sounds really good. All right. Go me. Oh, my gosh. So, Care, careful now, guys. Yeah, we're well, actually using the equipment we have. <laughs> welcome to our Skype setup show. <laughs> Just took us a few months. Right, imagine, right. Imagine what we'll be in a few months from here. Maybe I'll actually use the correct uh, video. I mean, it's 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 hard for me to try to tr- trust you guys to use the technology properly. That's why for years we all got together in the same room. Yeah. Yeah, you're lucky if I know how to plug in my headphones correctly. That's where we're at. <laughs> Clearly. But uh, you and I used technology yesterday together. We we did. We did. <laughs> it took a it took it took a little bit more work. Than uh, than setting the Skype up, did? Yeah, but. it seems like it'd be a pretty simple concept, you know. Because me, Josh, and my dad, we always watch the Ravens game together, or we used to prior to Josh abandoning ship and fleeing to Florida. Yeah. Uh, so we were trying to watch a big Sunday night game. We were trying to watch the game together. So we decided to link up on Facebook portal, video chat, whatever. The problem is, though, Josh, my dad, and myself all have three different, uh, I don't know, devices or ways of watching the game, and they all have the game starting at slightly different points, Yeah, it slightly was, different delays in each of was, the devices. It was way more annoying than it should have been, because Matt uses the app to watch his football uh, old games. school, simple NBC app. On, like, you're on the Fire TV thing. On my Fire, Amazon Fire right. TV. Where Dad and I both have Comcast or Xfinity boxes, but he's got Xfinity like Maryland. I've got Xfinity Florida, and none of our none of ours lined up. And it was this weird thing where during the pregame show we took a few minutes and we aimed our cameras at the TVs and we would fast forward and pause and rewind our TVs until we got them all synced, and that worked. And we got them all synced, but it sure seemed like. 
throughout the game, we'd have to keep readjusting them every few, uh, every quarter or something. At, at a commercial break, we'd readjust them because they would slightly drift off, which didn't make much sense. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem it, just in general in my sports watching experience that like I had to put my phone away because I watch all sports on apps now. I get the Fox app, you know, the NBC app. I don't have to go through all the apps. I got a lot of apps and I watch them on the apps. And for apps, it's like a 10 second, 15 second delay. And so for watching in live time, someone texts me, I, you got to be careful. Or even like <laughs> Bert always dreamt of getting the MLB notifications while he was at the game. Because a lot of times we would, if you're streaming the game, like I stream all the Oriole games now and watch them on the MLV, what is that, at bat app. And they, the notifications come in before it happens on the video. It does not sound like a hard concept to just stream everything in like real time. I don't get it. Like why is, why is it so screwed up? We can put a man on the moon, but we can't have a live stream app. And Right, and the weird thing is you would think this is going to become a bigger deal as more and more stuff goes to the Internet, that, that we're all going to want to be, have everything sink in because this becomes a big deal if people are watching live events slightly off. And I was trying to tell Bert, I tried to text Bert and said, Bert, can you pause your Ravens game that you're watching, just pause it for 30 seconds so you can be aligned with me and Josh? <laughs> Yeah, I, I would have had a hard time doing that because I was actually at the game watching it happen in real time right in front of my eyes a few hundred feet away. Can't pause that. I think it's adorable that you guys go through all that trouble and hassles and delays and sinking just to be able to hold hands and watch a game together yeah, over that, the internet. There was the technology no... does not exist for us to hold hands yet, but if right. we could, we would. <laughs> <laughs> there was no. Uh, there was definitely no Twitter conversations from me during the game yesterday because matt's delay is a good minute delay we had to slow our game down so much for matt's delay delay that the phone wasn't even in the same room it sounded like you set yourself up in a fragile scenario too like if you might have tweeted just a single tweet could have shut down all of the internet (laughs) uh yeah maybe so i did how many times did we tell dad don't touch the remote leave the remote don't touch it So it was it was a it was a headache, and it makes me think like I came out of it. I came out of it first. It was really fun, and it was great to be able to watch the game together because we haven't done that all season. And it's a big game, and that was a fun game, so it was great. But it it made me come out of it with two thoughts: one being the NFL should do something like have some way to do this where you can watch the game and talk at the same time. And then you're all streaming it on the same app, so it's all in sync. They should get behind this. All sports should get behind this shared experience as we become more and more into our technology bubbles. Um, And it's something that I know they're doing with, like, VR and stuff. But it'd be cool if they could come up with a way to do it on our phones. And, two, it made me wonder, like, if I should just... uh, go on to like Facebook live and watch football games with other people. If it's something that like, it was cool having that shared experience when I've been watching all the games by myself this year. Isn't that what Twitter is though? I guess so. But Twitter, I feel like uh, Twitter's there for me to just read everything during the commercial. Yeah. So Twitter has become corrupted. It made me kind of wonder, like I, I found that like I go onto like press boxes, uh, halftime show and post-game shows that Glenn Clark does over there, friend of the show, uh, because I like that interactivity about it and that I yeah. can talk with other people that are watching the show. So it made, me, it made me consider, well, yeah, I wonder if there's anyone doing that where you sit there and watch the game together like we did. It was cool. Or other things. Like I'm sure a lot of people would like to join Bert when he goes on his Costco runs. Oh, it'd be, I'd be love to have a listener join me at Costco. <laughs> See what all the fun you're missing out on. Yeah, go ahead. You, well, that, yeah, you can live stream your Costco trips. That, that's, so, that works. So what happens faster, Josh? The, uh, the Internet and it's all of its infinite capabilities catch up with your ability to watch games on the Internet and watch it with your family on the Internet simultaneously or – you just give up and become a Jaguars fan. 
<laughs> oh, I'm, I'm not being a Jaguars fan. You see, Minshew, he's he seen sucks. some Minshew. Yeah, he's done with Minshew. Josh Minshew's Dahl, done. I enjoyed Minshew. Minshew. I liked. I liked the saga of Minshew. Uh, I'm assuming <laughs> Minshew is done. Josh, you're running out of quarterbacks to root for. Joe Flacco's done for the season. Minshew is all but guy. done. You know that. I'm a uh, Lamar guy. He has been since day one. Yeah. Forced to, forced to jump on the Lamar train. You hate to see it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're making this fake news. But I tell you what, I mean, all, I mean, one of the only reasons we all synced up is because anyway, you want to watch the game, but also because it wasn't the game on Sunday wasn't just another regular season football game. No, it, it was a little bit. It was a little bit special. It felt like a playoff game going into it. Yeah. I I've been offered tickets to a couple games this year. This is the first one I actually took uh took them up on the offer. I was like, I can't miss this game. Even if it I means... know it's it's past your bedtime. Oh, totally. I didn't even get home till twelve thirty. I'm normally in bed oh. by eight o'clock. Uh but it was worth it. Totally worth it. <laughs> that's all you got to say about it. It was totally worth it. That's well, all. I, as far as Gump said, that's all I have to say about that. And I'm resisting <laughs> this. I promised myself I would not complain about having to stay up late. It did throw off. It's throwing off my entire week of sleeping. And but I'm not going to complain about it because it was worth it. Yeah, I mean, I'm dead tired now. This is the last thing I feel like doing right now. But, <laughs> but yeah, I but mean, here it, we are. It lived up to at least being like the. What best game of it? Definitely the best game of the year. I think the it kind of sucks that there was a buy between the Seahawks game and the Patriots game because those two games back to back, that's like the biggest back to back wins the Ravens have ever had in the regular season, non playoff games. Well, cer- certainly in recent memory, and but we've talked about it on here before at all, and a lot of people talked about it. Everything added up to the Ravens putting on a good performance. The fact that we were coming off a buy. Yep. The Patriots weren't. The fact that we were getting getting uh, Jimmy Smith back healthy, uh, we were getting uh, ha- 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 Hollywood Brown back healthy. Um, peanut. The fact, peanut. Thank you. Um, so all of this kind of added up to to us putting on a good performance. The, the fact that it was at home, prime time, time. Yeah. So it, it all added up to us <laughs> right. performing. But then. Right. We we did perform. Brand new, it was great. Brand new blinking lights. They really yeah, they sure like cool. to blink those lights. Were they cool in person? Because it seemed like oh, they were flashing totally. as all as, as much as they could on TV. Well, I mean, they, what they they they, had, they put a lot of points on the board, uh, and had a lot of big plays, third down stops. Right. So yeah, uh, yeah, it was super cool at the stadium. Right. Uh, how, how was Josh, it? It's, when when Josh and I watched the game from our past experience of going. We get a little nervous every time the lights flash <laughs> yeah, off. Right, but right. that's just us. <laughs> at, least you're, uh, for, at least you're outdoors and not, not going to suffocate of the lack of air conditioning every time the lights blink. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Uh, talk to us about your uh, what yeah. was your, your, your seats yeah, like? The atmosphere. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, my, uh, my brother just recently moved to Federal Hill. So he's got a house Plus just a hard. few blocks uh, from Cross Street Market. So uh, I went down to his place, hung out with him at his house just a little bit, and then uh, we went and had dinner at one of the establishments in Fed Hill. Fed Hill was rocking. There were people everywhere. Uh, all of the bars had people pouring out the front doors into the streets. Um, and uh, after we grabbed some dinner, we just walked over to the stadium from his house. And... Uh, it was a long line getting into the stadium. We probably should have gotten there a little earlier, but we did make it into our seats in time for kickoff. We were on the lower level. Uh, visitor side, about the 39-yard uh, uh, line or so. Um, so seats were good, undercover. First time in a long time that I can remember, I never left my seat the entire game. Never went to the bathroom, uh, except for just standing up during a big play or being loud to scream, you know, trying to offset, uh, throw off Tom Brady and stuff. Uh, I never left my, the confines of my seat, the entire game. Even the tinkle didn't go to the bathroom a single time, the entire game. Um, so if there's an award for that, I I will gladly accept. (laughs) 
I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't see Tom Brady go to the bathroom at all either. So you and <laughs> you and him had that in common. That's right. Bunch of sitting hey. around. <clears throat> but I mean, it was loud. It was exciting. Uh, the 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 time of possession. I mean, I I can say this not being at the being at the game doesn't matter when you say how much I love the offensive ball control. It's almost like you know how I get a kick out of pitch counting when we watch a baseball game. Like I'm obsessed with pitch count, and that's like All my right. favorite stat to watch. Yeah. I am obsessed with the time of possession, especially when it's in our favor. The fact that you're you're facing a good team like the New England Patriots with a superstar like Tom Brady or any other team with a superstar quarterback, he can't score points on you if he's not on the field. And if you can get your defense resting on the sideline, and Lamar Jackson's throwing together seven, eight, nine-minute drives, drives that take up more than half of a period, half of a quarter, uh, it's almost like seeing cl- seconds tick off the clock is almost like getting positive yardage, in my opinion. It's like all of these things are working in our favor. Uh, so like running the ball and not quite getting the first down, but knowing you're going to get the first down on the next play or getting a first down, and but not going out of bounds, just get tackled right on the sideline there. Like these are part of, parts of the game that I've forgotten about because of just how boring Ravens offenses have been for so many years now. Uh, it's, Little aspects of it that for any other team could be considered boring. Time of possession is boring. Getting tackled inbounds is boring. Uh, but everything else is so exciting. I don't know. It's like those little things are I, – I start to pick up on those things. Uh, there are aspects of the game that when you have a strong offense, make it more fun, in my opinion. Yeah, and that – idea of dragging out the game this is not happening by accident right we see no. them do this repeatedly where they get a lead then all of a sudden it gets to the third or fourth quarter and all of a sudden they get this nine minute drive like this is happening over and over again and i and i've read and it's amazing to hear people come out and say and i get it because the patriots are so good and even when they lose like there's a myth surrounding the patriots that like people have to come up with an excuse or or whatever. So I'm hearing a lot like the Patriots figured out Lamar Jackson. And if it wasn't for the lucky fumble recovery by Humphrey, the Patriots would have come back and won because second half they shut down Lamar's running game. But I'm like, hold up. Like it was, it's by design, right? And, uh, in the first half, they were trying to go for big plays. In the second half with a big lead, they were trying to run the clock down. So they were running plays to pick up these three and four and five yards to kind of suck the life out of the Patriots with, with, with which they did as Tom Brady just stood on the sideline. You're right. Cause what, the, what, what, what does Tom Brady do? And we've seen this happen against the Ravens and many other teams that all you need to do is give Tom Brady a little window, right? Give him the ball back with a minute left. He'll score. It's guaranteed. Um, so you, you get a lead and then you don't let him have the ball back. You don't give him enough possessions to make the comeback. Yeah. It was, it was, it was fun to watch. And we can give them some credit because, I mean, for a while there, you're right. He was he had control of the game, Tom Brady, for a little while. They were running at will. He was completing the passes. He was marching them down the field. And he was they had a few long drives themselves. Yep. Um, but you know, we had some turnovers go in our favor. Uh I I don't that the only reason the game was in doubt at any point was us our own turnovers. You know, if if it wasn't for the turnovers we gave them. We might have been looking at a three-point game for the New England Patriots. Right. Yeah. Those two turnovers, we, we gave them the ball twice basically in the red zone, and that's yeah. how they got their touchdowns. I guess. I think those plays go both ways, though, right? Like in the opening drive, there was that stupid offsides by the Patriots player to get the first down when they were going to kick a field goal. And then there's the uh, fumble by Ed- Ed- Edelman, who like never fumbles the ball, and he fumbled, which is a turn for touchdown. So it wasn't a – a perfectly played game. I don't think on either. It was, it was a really good football game. And it's one of those, this is one of the reasons I like the NFL. And I think this is more true in football than any other sport. in that each game is like its own story within the game, right? Like the Patriots and Ravens could play 10 times and every time would be a completely different story, right? Like one time might be a low scoring defensive battle. Another time might be a shootout. Other two times might be a blowout. Um, so I, Every game has its own little story, 
And when the Ravens jumped up 17-0, right, midway through the second quarter, like that kind of set the, the tone for the rest of the game. And the Patriots did come back, and they looked pretty good. But it's really hard to come back from 17-0, especially when you have an offense like the Ravens who knows how to chew up the clock. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, and the defense, it was fun to watch this game as the Ravens' defense looked different. They were doing that cover zero a bunch where – because the wide receivers don't, they don't. The Patriots don't have great wide receivers. They would just bring everyone up on the line and not leave anyone back there. And we saw, we even saw Earl Thomas getting in at the quarter at going for Tom Brady because we know our our pass rush sucks. So they were able to kind of try to put pressure on him. They still didn't get to Brady a whole lot, but they got pressure on him by doing that. And just it'll be interesting to see. Like I don't think that would work with like a guy like Mahomes. But but the Ravens did what they had to do to win this game. Yeah, I don't know what the numbers are, but from where I was sitting, uh, it looked like they were making Tom Brady pretty uncomfortable all night. Um, all of his – he completed a lot of passes, but it seemed like it was a lot of quick passes. Mohamed Sanu looked really good for them. Uh, he was a good pickup, and he was catching everything that Brady threw at him. Um, but – I feel like they were they were rushing him for the most part. If it was a passing play, he was getting pressured. Yeah, my first time watching a full Patriots game. Obviously, I don't go out my way to watch them, but I thought it was pretty obvious that they missed Rob Gronkowski. Right? They missed that big guy for the big twenty-yard pickup down the middle of the field. Yeah, like they were getting all these little small passes to the edges. A lot of them to Sanu. Um, because I think uh, Humphrey was an Ed- Edelman, so it was tough sledding for Edelman because Humphrey's just really good at his job. Uh, so I think they missed that, though, that big... Because they used to always use their tight ends. And what were they running out there with? Ben Watson? <laughs> Is their big play tight end? Like, eee. Um So I think they're they're missing that offensively. And we'll see if they address it. I mean, picking up Sanu, I think, was a good pickup for them. But they did not seem... And I know there's kind of a mythology with the Patriots for good reason because they're always in the Super Bowl. But they do seem to have flaws. And the offense is one thing. And the defense, I was told, you know, all year, that this is the best defense in football. Maybe the best defense we've seen, you know, in a long time since the Ravens, you know, 2000 defense. But actually, no. <laughs> they can't hmm. even stop the run. So, sorry, Patriots, you're not that good. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. The Ra- the, we knew these were going to be the big tests for the Ravens, the Seahawks and the Patriots. And now is when you're going to start hearing people talk about Lamar Jackson, MVP. You're going to hear people start to talk about the Ravens because right now, as it sits, the Ravens are probably the best team right now in the AFC. Now, the Chiefs are going to probably be ranked higher once Mahomes comes back, if, assuming he comes back and he's healthy. But we've we've beaten after beating the Seahawks and then beating the Patriots, we've got to be the favorite for the AFC right now. And we and we have another bye week coming up next week. I mean, <laughs> if you count playing the Bengals as a bye week, I don't know. I, I think I think the Bengals is a trap game. Rookie, quarter, rookie quarterback, rookie quarterback coming in, going to Cincinnati. Seems like we struggle in Cincinnati anyway. Coming off two huge wins, it sure seems like a, a trap game to me. If we don't, don't beat the Cincinnati football team by 100 points, I'm going to consider that a loss. Yeah, I can't see any scenario where this rookie quarterback beats our team. Yeah, but I, I think Bert mentioned this last week when I was saying, well, you know, we lost to the Browns and the Patriots beat the Browns. It's, it's a different – it's a different – like teams don't stay the same throughout the course of the season, right? Like some get progressively better. Some get regressively worse. Mm-hmm. And I think it would make sense that Lamar Jackson being still growing as a quarterback, <laughs> he's actually a really good quarterback. He makes really good throws. He also can run, too. Um, but he's still, and this offense is still getting better, right? Like They're still figuring out ways to get Marquise Brown involved in the offense. They're still figuring out ways. I mean, the young receivers. Um, so I think this is a Ravens team that's on the up, right? I don't know if that's true with the Patriots. But the Ravens team, I think, is a team that even gets better every week and could still get better. Um, and so, yeah, like they have to be. Um, I, w- I was looking at some updates on Midway 
awards, you know, that on ESPN.com. Right. And they had Lamar Jackson is number three in the MVP voting right now. The one that surprised me, though, is they had the top three for coach of the year. And John Harbaugh wasn't on there. And if John Harbaugh is not the coach of the year, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And this is a guy who took a chance on Lamar Jackson, redesigned his entire offense for Lamar Jackson, and now is reaping the benefits when no one thought he could. How how that does not make you the coach of the year of the uh, coach of the year? I don't. I have no idea. You're right. He should be in that coach of the year discussion. He should be it. Um, he should be the discussion. Yeah, because you know, yeah. right? Because this team put in a lot of work in this offseason to prepare a offense that wasn't a college offense, but that was geared towards Lamar and what Lamar does best. And that's a change, and that's a shift. And after, I mean, what, months and years of people saying a uh, running quarterback will never, never work long-term in the NFL, they're doing it a little bit differently than in previous, and it seems to be working awfully well. Of course, we are just, uh, well, I'll keep my mouth shut. We're about. I mean, <laughs> I'm not jinxing anything. What I'm are we? We're, we're about a year into the Lamar Jackson experience. It was, Almost. It was about. It was about this time, maybe in another week or two of last season that he came up. I mean, but we we saw on Sunday night they ran the option a couple times, like running the ball to the right, then doing the pitch to uh to to Mark Ingram. Like, what is this high school and college? Like NFL teams know linebackers are too fast. They hit too hard. You can't do this, but we're doing it anyway. I mean, it's. I think it's uh, like Lamar Jackson's causing every GM in the NFL to reevaluate college quarterbacks because this whole running thing might work. And maybe it's Lamar Jackson's like one of the kind. I don't think so, though. I think there's other Lamar Jacksons out there that maybe you would have put them and lumped them with Tim Tebow. But now all of a sudden you say, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This can actually work. And and it's also it's interesting on how the Ravens are using it. Where we were seeing last night, we were seeing three tight ends on the field at the same time a lot, uh, and that's not normal. Our offensive line was playing excellent yesterday. We got yeah, so yeah. much movement going on there. Yeah, and we fourth behind the line. Yeah, lots of movement. Yeah, Yanda's having an excellent year, and um, or how about Orlando Brown? grabbing Lamar and pulling him across that goal line to get the ball out. Ronnie yeah. Stanley's been huge on the right side. I mean, the offensive line is key if you're going to have a mobile quarterback. And a great running game. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we got Bengals next week. Then don't we go out west, 49ers or something, in a couple weeks? So uh, char- uh, The Rams. Rams. All right. Rams in a couple weeks. So there's still some difficult games on our schedule, but you got to be excited after these these couple weeks. Totally. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing I thought was really exciting is we haven't seen this in a while. Defense making big plays. Yeah. It seems like Humphrey is always around the ball, always part of the big plays. Um, so it's, it's good to see, you know, Th- Thomas got an interception. It, it's good to see, the defense making game-changing plays. Yeah, definitely. And even like Earl Thomas, who people have been complaining about this season because he hasn't made any huge plays, had a big play yesterday. Yeah, he had a nice interception. Uh, I mean, I was going to say we played the game pretty well in all three phases, mm-hmm. but I, we played the game well in the offensive phase and the defensive phase. <laughs> I don't know the special teams. Guys, What's up with Justin Tucker? Yeah, hey. and uh, and some fumbles on uh, kickoffs. Yeah, and the fumble, but that's Punts. I feel like is more normal than Justin Tucker missing an extra point. Right. Yeah, that's weird. Well, except for the fact that Justin Tucker being perfect is what should be weird because if we've all watched <laughs> games this year and uh, we've seen teams lose games, the Patriots had a brand, had a new kicker in there, Nick Folk, that they just signed from the. What arena football or football alliance or some t- something that begins with an A? Some group where he was kicking because they they had two big losses, two big misses last week. We saw earlier in the day uh, we saw a team lose because Vinatieri. they missed the field goal. Yeah, Vinatieri, the Colts missed yeah. the field goal. So the fact that uh, Tucker's been so good for us um, is the weird part. 
And then, but it did have that feeling of like when he missed, you're like, oh, great. This is how the Patriots beat us by one point. So missing an extra point on a Sunday night game against the Patriots, is that a cuttable offense or no? Not for, not for Justin Tucker. I think Tucker's okay. <laughs> if, you want, if, you want to cut, if you want to cut someone, how about Cyrus Jones dropping that ball? Yeesh. Yeah, that's, yeah, when you got one job, that's really bad. Right, right. When you're there for special teams yeah, just to catch the ball and not doing anything else, that might be a replaceable spot. But it's also yeah. when you have a, that big of a victory and the team comes out and wins in just a dominating performance that the score looks way closer than the game actually was, uh, that'll, that lets the coaches look past other issues like that. Yeah. So maybe yeah, Sarah Jones will live. Yeah, may, may, maybe. And, may, and maybe not. But there's definitely kind of the ramification of this game. There's there's a buzz here in Baltimore. I mean, even like over here on the Eastern Shore, right? Even my students who I don't realize, sometimes I don't realize that my students know that the world exists outside of their phones or outside of Fortnite. But like they were even talking about the football game in the Ravens. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys actually like watch football? Um, so yeah, like, but there, there's a definite buzz here and excitement. I think throughout Baltimore, like there hasn't been in a long time. Uh, there, it's nearly impossible to not be a fan of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Even, even set aside his spectacular play on the field. Uh, if you take the time to pay attention and listen to his interviews or, or see what he's up to, follow him on social media. Um, he's just a fun guy. He's, he's, uh, I don't, I can't, uh, I don't see how anybody couldn't like him. Yeah. And it's hard because we're so biased, but like, Everything he says like makes me smile. <laughs> right, right. When when they're asking him, well, what do you think about the fans chanting MVP, and what do they, you think about the players chanting MVP, and what do you think about being in the running for MVP? And his answer is always, "I just want to win. Winning's more important. I'm focused on next week." Like yeah. he says the right answers. But, and it's not just what he says, Josh, but it's also how he says it. Right, like that response sounds like a Belichick response. Right. But he's, but yeah, it's, it's fun, playful, and also like sincere, honest, like being open and honest in saying it. And everything with Lamar, the more and more we get to see him play every week's another game under his belt. Every interview is another time you get to hear him talk and see him. I I think about Lamar Jackson, the Ravens all, all the time. But whenever I do, I I'm constantly brought back to draft day when they ask him. What are the Ravens getting when they draft Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson um, says, I'm going to take him to the Super Bowl. You can believe that. And uh, <laughs> I, I will never stop thinking about that because I, I really believe, if not this year, one year in the very near future, he's going to take this team to the Super Bowl. It, it is exciting to have such a young offense and guys that we're not talking. Like, this year is a lot of fun, but if this year doesn't work out – I think we'll have next year too. I think we've got a little, I think the window's bigger than all in for this year, which is exciting. But yeah, even Lamar in his press conference after the game where he started he started for a second talking about something that went wrong, like a bad throw he had. And then he just catches himself and says, "No, let's not talk about that. I really don't want to not the time to dig into that or something." Uh because he was going to go off on a rant about how he needs to fix that part of him. Meanwhile, he just has the biggest win of the year for him. Yeah. Probably the uh, biggest one of his career, I guess. Yeah, the, at, to this point, absolutely. Yeah, because he's got no playoff wins. Well, I mean, this is the biggest opponent he's ever faced. I mean, we played the Chiefs twice. He's not beaten the Chiefs, so I think there's a chip on the shoulder if we eventually face the Chiefs again, potentially later this year. Yeah, it'd be um, a good matchup. Right, but, I mean, the, but the Patriots are the cream of the crop in the NFL and have been for a long, long time at this point, and uh, we stopped them last night. And this win is... Huge, and I, I've seen the people on Twitter saying, oh, well, uh, Belichick is just saving. He knows how to beat Lamar, but he's not going to pull it out now. He's saving it for the playoffs. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard because yeah, what makes this win huge is this puts us kind of in the driver's seat for a home field, a hometown playoff game. 
Absolutely. And, and the Ravens never have that. They never had that with Joe Flacco. It was always you got to go on the road to win. In 2012, we had to go on the road and all the way through to the to the Super Bowl. To be able to win and bring that atmosphere that we saw last night into a playoff game is a big advantage for this team. Yeah, I think we're a, a long way away from a home playoff game. Right, but, yeah, but exactly, we're in the driver's seat. About. We're in the driver's seat right now. You got, we, the, you got the tiebreaker against the Patriots. We get a home playoff game if we win the AFC North. So I wouldn't say we're a long, okay. long away from a home playoff game. I, I, for, for, I guess from, from a one seed, I guess. A bye seed. week. A bye yeah. week. One or two seed gets a bye. But Josh is right. If, if for some reason we finish tied with the Patriots, we got the head-to-head win. Yeah. Uh, but there's also the myth with Belichick in that, and it's still with Lamar too, right? That like, it's just a matter of design. If you can design the right defense, you can stop Lamar, right? Like they, 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 they don't talk about Lamar. They talk about other, right. other quarter quarterbacks. Cause they, they think like there's a scheme that you can come up with to stop Lamar yeah. that will stop him. But what people are realizing now that might've been true last year, right? But this is, it's not true this year. He's evolved as a quarterback and there's no like scheme you can come up with. You can't put ten men in the box. You can't do some little thing, little gimmicky scheme to stop Lamar Jackson. He's just a good quarterback, and he's going to get his. Right. It's not a cheat code. People love to say, "Oh, he's a video game. He's a cheat code." Well, cheat codes fail eventually uh, once you figure out whatever they're manipulating to get around with it. And that's not what it is. This is the best athlete on the team making and, an impact. And- we're a six and four team right now. You can go back and look at some of these wins where he's beaten some of these teams with his arm, where like he has less than a hundred yards rushing or whatever. Right. You know, rushing is a huge part of his game. But if you focus on his rushing, then he can beat you with his arm, and he's proved it already. Right. And and his improvement, especially since last year, but we're even seeing improvements in Lamar week to week. With ball security is a huge one that he improved on. Uh, Bert, there was a fun moment in the game yesterday where the TV crew pointed out that. Every time Lamar reaches out back to his butt and wipes his hands on his uh, towel, that he would pass the ball. And, and they pointed that out on TV. And then, like, two plays later, Lamar reaches back, runs the ball. Reaches back, uh, runs uh, the ball. Like, someone got in his ear and said, hey, the broadcast picked this up. You had a towel. And right. the, before the Patriots could figure out that towel, he fixed it and started grabbing the towel every play. So that was yeah. a fun moment. I don't think it was real. I think that was made up, though. I think that was fake news. How's that fake news when they, they were seeing it happen? I, I think it was just a coincidence that the few times they looked, he was he was rubbing his hands off the towel. I don't know. I don't know. I'll ask a uh, film study about it because I'm sure he's watched the game a dozen times by now. Yeah, hey. and, it's not, and it's not just the eyes that tell you Lamar Jackson is a good thrower. Um, I mean, just look at the stats. I mean, I just put up raw QBR, which I have no idea what that means. But number one is Russell Wilson, two is Dak Prescott, three is Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, all those guys with Sarah good quarterbacks. Number six is Lamar Jackson. He's above Garoppolo. He's above Wentz. He's above Brady. He's above Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. So, like, even the stats say, just like as a quarterback throwing the ball, he's one of the best in the league this year. Yep. Hey, I got to transition to baseball when you guys are ready. All right, go, Bert. Uh, you right. want to take a break or just roll straight into baseball? Sure, let's take a break, and then we'll get into to, to Bert. Bert, you want to throw your transition first before or after the break? Right. I'll go after the break. All right. Hey, guys. Have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It They take care of everything, distribution. They help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Okay, guys, so uh, I like I said, I did go to the game last night at M&T Bank Stadium, and I noticed something in particular on my drive uh, through Baltimore City on 95 there just before the tunnel. Um, do you remember a few years back when uh, the Washington Nationals fans were in a hizzy because uh, the Baltimore Orioles had billboards posted 
in D.C., buy season tickets, come to opening day, support the Orioles, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, oh, yeah D.C. No. freaked out. I know out where this is going. Because of the banner on 295. Out. Yep. Oh, no. Well, downtown Baltimore had a billboard congratulating the World Series champion Washington Nationals in Baltimore. So uh, I kind of would like to say I think they got the last laugh uh, in the little <laughs> uh, billboard uh, fiasco. The battle of the billboards. We certainly haven't put up a World Series billboard in D.C. in a very, very long time. No, but I'm thinking that uh, a Super Bowl billboard right outside of Redskin Park would be pretty fun. Uh, I, don't, I, I have a feeling you'd find any Redskins fans who care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what? A Redskin fan will tell you to do the same for Oriole fans. They've both had they've both had a lot of hardships over the years. I thought that was interesting. I kind of rolled my eyes because I mean I don't I've never even seen like a buy Nat season tickets or come to Nat's right. Park anything like that in Baltimore. But all of a sudden now there's a congratulating the World Series champions. Yeah, was it one of those digital boards? Yes, yes. But still, right, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it seems odd. I have ne- you're right. I've never seen any national stuff in uh, in Baltimore, so. It should have at least said congratulations to Walgreens. <laughs> Josh, do you congratulate the, the Nationals on winning the World Series? Um, I, was, I mean, I was rooting for the Nationals. I, I like the You're I, sick. I, You're I, sick. I, I hate, What's wrong with you, man? I, I hate National fans. <laughs> but the Nationals players are so much easier to root for than the Astro players. Like, uh, I don't know, Strasburg and Scherzer are just really fun pitchers to root for. And uh, some of the other guys are just like uh, just a lot of fun to just root for, and they're just a Josh fun a, team. Josh is a Kurt Suzuki guy. <laughs> Kurt Suzuki. <laughs> you know, yeah, I saw Donald Trump's a Kurt Suzuki guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I don't know. They, the, you know what it is? The Nationals. Every time I was watching those games, the Nationals were having fun, and and they were just comebacks are fun. So I enjoyed the Nationals. I did. I did have the next day tweet out uh, something about congratulations, all you former uh, Oriole fans. It paid off to abandon your team. And I had the most action I've ever had on a tweet in my life. <laughs> it, it went until the next day of buzzing my phone like every couple minutes. But and the, the truth is, yeah, I, liked the, I thought the Nats players were really fun to root for. And I thought it was a great World Series. I enjoyed it a lot. Well, good, Josh. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Watching the Nationals. All right, hey, our, you can hate on the Nationals. Go ahead. Steal our, steal our fans and steal our money. I, I hope you enjoyed that. All right, great. So, uh, what would you rather root for the guy that hates women or the team uh, that hates women? Is that where you're going? No, no. I would rather root for a guy who stutters, like George Springer, former stutterer. I, yeah. Okay. Jose Altuve. I mean, Altuve. Altuve I'd rather root for the little nugget, Jose Altuve. Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman, who will walk his bat down to first base, then apologize. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> but I like, I like that. Uh, uh, what's the what's the young guy on the on the Nats? Um, Soto. Soto. I like that he then copied him, and when they asked him why he did it, he didn't say like revenge or to get back at them. He said it looked cool, so he did it too. And that's like that's that's like just and then, fun. And I couldn't tell if he was like trolling. Bregman, or if he was like sincerely saying it just looked cool, no, I couldn't even tell. No, he was. It was combined. I believe it was completely sincere. I think that I he just thought it looked cool because that team was having fun. But I, I also liked when Garrett Cole, after the game, after the final World Series game, Garrett puts on his Scott Boris hat and he says, "I'll answer questions, but I'm not an affiliate of the Houston Astros anymore. <laughs> I'll answer as an unaffiliated right. guy." Right. And he goes answers them with a Scott Boris hat on. I thought that was great by Garrett Cole. I mean, what a jerk he is. And I and I, I wanted the Orioles to sign him, but not anymore. I don't want the Orioles to sign Garrett Cole because he's a jerk. It is a great jerk move. You know that I think the, I think like, he said I'm a I'm an affiliate of myself. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great jerk move. Um you know that the Astros and the Nationals, like they share their spring training facility? No, didn't know that. Like they, they, yeah, it's a, it's a shared park. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun in February when they all get back together again. Well, yeah. it's going to be a few of them not there. I mean, some of the biggest names playing in this World Series are not going to be on either of those teams next year. Yeah, so uh, Strasburg opted out of his four-year $100 million deal. 
You think? Uh, do you think this is just so he gets more money from the Nationals? Kind of pulls like a Joe Flacco and like bet on myself, or uh, I, you think he's gone? I think he could potentially come back to the Nationals because the Nationals apparently have all the money in the world to sign free agents if they want to. Yeah, they got unlike, all that massive. Money. Unlike the Orioles, yeah, uh, for some reason. Uh, so I think yeah, they there certainly could be in the. Uh, in the running to re-sign him for a higher deal than the qualifying offer. But uh, Steven Strasburg just made himself the, uh, the most uh, in demand free agent pitcher, I think coming off the world series, world series MVP. Um, yeah. Somebody's going to pay top dollar for him. It might be the Nats, but it could, uh, it's open to everyone at oh, this yeah. point. The Dodgers are calling, the Yankees are calling, Red Sox are calling, all those teams yep. with money are calling Steven Strasburg. It's- He's going to get paid, and he's earned it. Yeah. I mean, last year we saw Harper Machado. This year it seems like there's three, right? Like Strasburg, Cole, and Rendon. Two of them for the Nationals. Yeah. And then one for the Astros. Those guys played their butts off in the World Series. And, uh, I mean, professional sports, we that's what happened with Joe Flacco. If Joe Flacco didn't have that playoff performance, nobody was paying him that kind of money. But he showed up when it counted, and he got paid. And now here with the professional baseball players, those guys are superstars. But when it really counted, they showed up, and they're going to reap the benefits of it. Yeah, all three of them are going to deserve the money they get. Well, and Strasburg specifically is interesting that he's doing this because he had the reputation of getting hurt a lot, right? Of not, right. not being able to throw a whole season. But his playoff performance said, oh, look. He can stay healthy. He can pitch deep into the postseason. So now he can make, you know, up to $300 million. Is that the goal? Everyone wants a $300 million contract? Is that, is I don't that, know. Is that how free agency works now? I guess. Everyone tells their agent. Next, I don't know. Do you guys anticipate the Orioles signing one or two of these guys? Uh, no. But, but is that we don't a joke? Need, we don't need them. <laughs> don't need them. Don't need them. We've already got a rookie of the year nominee. That's right. Nominee. <laughs> no, well, yeah, nominee. nominee. He's not going to win, but John. Hey, means... we don't get we don't get nominees for offseason awards very often. Right. Let's enjoy it. Right. We had no Gold Glove nominees, no MVP nominees, but uh, Rookie of the Year. We have a nominee in John Means. We just had a Rookie of the Year nominee two years ago. Who was it? Trey Mancini. He was a nominee. Two thousand seventeen. You're making things up. I'm not. I saw the tweets of all the Orioles Rookie of the Year nominees of the last few years. The last time anyone won was Greg Olson. But we've had, yeah. we've had a few nominees. It uh, seems like every two to three years we get a nominee. I mean, obviously none of them are good enough to be the obvious winner of it, but somebody whose name is in the conversation. And uh, and two years ago, Trey Mancini was, in, was a nominee. Obviously uh, he didn't, but he look- was in. Look how that worked out for us. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I don't know. It's fun to have a guy up there in the, in the name. Of, I mean, we know we won't win, but it's fun. At least it's an Oriole in the news in November. <laughs> I mean, considering that the only other, like, positive Orioles news this week is Chris Davis donating $3 million to uh, University of Maryland Children's Hospital. Yeah, I uh, I think at least somebody's a lot of people are going to benefit from that money who need it more than Chris Davis. Yeah, I mean he's he's got the money. Some may say he's got a lot more money than three million he could have donated, but three million is like the largest donation ever uh, there. And I, yeah, it's a little it's a little uh, close to home because Brooke was in when she was born. She was in the University of Maryland uh, system up there, same building and all. But uh, Nick in, I think Nick U, so not Children's Hospital, but same area. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, $3 million is $3 million. No matter who gives it, it's pretty amazing. Sure. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And you can say Chris Davis has more, but I think that's a, a dumb approach to take because a lot of people make a lot of money and do a lot of dumb things with it, right? Like You see that happen all the time. People spend their money in stupid ways. Um, so, so I think it's very cool that Chris Davis say what you want about Chris Davis, the ba- the baseball player. Uh, but Chris Davis, the human being is a pretty cool dude. And though I wouldn't want the Orioles to spend all that money on such a bad baseball player, 
part of me is glad that a, such a good person has that money because he's able to do a lot of good with it. He's putting it to good use. It's going right back into the community and a place that uh, that uh, it's going to go to go to use. Yeah, and he might not have any more money because I like his contract. It was all deferred, right? Like, like doesn't he have like that's true fifty million dollars coming deferred? That's true. That might be his what all he made in the past year because it is all deferred, and I don't think he could donate deferred to, to the hospital. But yeah, when you've got athletes like Antonio Brown this week tweeting a Instagram of his like bank account to show that he has twenty four million in the bank account, and then you've got the news story of Chris Davis giving money away, a little difference than one arguing saying I don't need your money, look at all the money I've got, and one saying I've got more money than I need, let me donate and help other people. Yeah, I think it's a good contrast. Heck yeah, and get one heck of an itemized deduction for it. Though at this point, I probably thanks accountant. At this point, I'd probably rather have Antonio Brown on my baseball team than Chris Davis. On your on your baseball team? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it certainly know. would make him more fun to watch. I, I bet Chris Davis would be a pretty good tight end. Big guy you like think, that? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Can the can the Orioles make a trade for Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I bet he, Lamar Jackson pretty pretty a pretty good baseball player. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure he is. I, I think Lamar Jackson's good at anything you give him athletic-wise. If the Orioles call the Ravens and offer Chris Davis from Lamar Jackson straight up, who says no first? <laughs> Doesn't make sense. It will be fun one day when we have an inner sport trade, though. Because technically, I don't think there's anything stopping an inner sport trade. It's just businesses <laughs> trading with each other. I feel like you could probably pick up any guy off of any professional sport and put him on the Orioles roster, and he could at least make more contact than Chris Davis makes. That's probably true. And be faster. So, all right. So, free agency is here. What do the Orioles have to? Or the or, what do the Orioles do? And I saw they released the guy today. Got down yes, to thirty six. They're, they're already very active. They, well, they picked up uh, an infielder named Pat Valeka. I may or may not be saying his name correct. And they sent Ryan Eads, Luis Ortiz, Taylor Scott, Josh Rogers. They outrighted them to to the minors, which means they removed them from the 40-man. They also tried to outright Gabriel Yanoa because his contract, he could reject being sent to the minors. So Yanoa rejected being sent to the minors, and he elected to become a free agent. So Gabriel Yanoa is a free agent. Because we sent all those guys down to the, to the minors, we outrighted them off the 40-man, we're down to 36 men on the roster. That includes... Um, Alex Cobb, who was just put off the 60-day DL and is now on the 40-man roster. So even with Alex Cobb, we still have four openings on the roster. And just doing my math here, fellas, if we sign Garrett Cole, Strasburg, and Rendon, we would still have one opening on the 40-man roster. And a a big payroll. (laughs) I was just seeing if you're paying attention. No, so we have four open spots on the roster. Presumably, we'll sign somebody, right? Um, I would imagine one of those spots will be taken for a Rule 5 guy. And then I assume we'll sign a couple pieces. I don't know. Maybe a starting pitcher to hold us over. Um, Maybe an insider. I don't know. I feel like it's that starting pitching that we've got no one we want to bring up as a starting pitcher. So we've got like Means who will continue. We got Cobb, and we have we got our, Bundy. Bundy, yeah. But I mean, I feel like that pitching was so bad last year that they're going to sign maybe two veteran pitchers to try to eat innings. And guys, well, who, we tried, tried it last year with guys like Nate Carnes, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, I think maybe someone a little bit uh, a little above Nate Carnes, but not too much above Nate Carnes. Nate Carnes. You know, like major league pitchers instead of like minor league contract guys. Yeah, I'm curious to see if if we do that because there's guys out there that we could try to sign for a one year deal and flip at the trade deadline or just get us through till our younger pitchers get here. But I don't know. I don't. Michael Elias doesn't seem interested in filling spots for a year, right? Like he's trying to add talent. And I don't know if filling a spot for a year is adding talent to the overall organization. So yeah, I don't know. Well, except it's not adding talent. It's kind of a 
being the Miami Dolphins of MLB. It's it's trying to tank another year, trying to just wait things out. Right. Because we don't have guys. I don't know. Do we have guys that were at AAA last year that can come up and fill in that void, even if they're not superstars, that can fill that hole? I'm very curious yeah, about I, how they put this team together this year. Yeah, and it's it's like they have some guys that be going to the 40-man pitchers. Like guys like Dean Kramer, who pitched a little bit at AAA last year. They could keep him at AAA for a while, or they could bring him up to the majors right away. Same with Keegan Aiken, who was at AAA all last year. They could say, oh, he had an up-and-down year at AAA. We want him to pitch another half season there. Or he could start the team. He could start with the Orioles. But I think what we saw last year with Brooks and Eads and Wojciechowski and kind of this revolving door of for the starters, I don't think it's going to be quite as bad next year. Even if the Orioles bring in no one, I don't think it's going to be quite as bad next year. Well, yeah, it's got to. And, and this year wasn't as bad as the year before, so it's got to go up. If it, if it doesn't go up at least a little bit each year, they're doing something wrong. Yeah, a couple other kind of baseball stuff before we get out of here. Um, J.D. Martinez has decided to accept the three-year $65 million option, uh, which is great news for us because like, the Red Sox can now sign no one. And rumor is they're trying to trade either Betts or Martinez because they can't afford all the players they currently have on their team. So I, I like to hear that. When yeah. a team is unhappy that a player has picked up his option, that makes me happy. Yeah, sure. Also, uh, Didi Gregorius is now a free agent as the Yankees did not offer him a qualifying offer. So anyone can pick up Didi Gregorius if you're interested. All right, let's grab Didi. Stick him on the O's. Also, um, Nick Varkakis was maybe the first or second free agent signing as he signed a one-year, $4 million deal with the Braves to stay a Brave. Well, that's good. I'm glad for Nick. He, if he, he's doing well down there, having like a second career in Atlanta. Good for him. I, I heard, so I just saw reading some tweets. Not all the Braves fans aren't very happy. Well, because he's older and... It's baseball fans, if you're not a superstar, you want you always want your team to go younger. Well, and and their logic is this isn't working. We need to do something different, <laughs> right? Because we oh, didn't we've been make, there. Yeah, yeah. So, but their problem is starting pitching. They right. they they, they need, uh, their problem isn't Nick Marquez. No, outside of Mike Soroka. Yeah, who had had a great year for them. I misread that headline. I thought it said four years. I'm like, man, this guy never ages. Four more years of Nick Marquegas. I feel like he's been around since uh, I was like nine. Right. Him and Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Sabathia's finally retiring. That's a guy who's been around forever. Yeah. That'll be a... Prime your river. I like Sabathia off the field. I like his podcast. I don't want to... I'm glad we don't have to face him anymore. Yeah, the Yankees are going to have some holes in that starting pitching staff as well. It'll be interesting to see what, what they do. It's yeah. going to be an interesting offseason to see where these big name goes. I just hope they stay out of the AL East, but I'm not that optimistic. Yeah. I think they'll stay away from Boston because they got money issues. Tampa's not signing anybody. And maybe Toronto's not either. Are they the Yankees? I mean, these big name guys. Yeah, Yankees are going to be the team kind of the AL East favorites going into next year, like normal. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Break it out of here. Yeah, man. Bert. Hey, Matt. You, yeah. didn't, you didn't wire your laptop today, did you? No, it's wired. It's wired. It's hooked up. I got the freaking cord right here. It's all wired. Did you, did you actually plug it in? Yes, and I went to settings halfway through the show when I'm skipping a little bit, <laughs> and I checked my settings. All right. Because, guys, no, I can't hear when I skip. I don't know when I skip, but I can see it in your faces every freaking time, okay? And it, it ticks me off to well, see roll your eyes the, while I'm trying to talk. There's no rolling in eyes. It's figuring out do we sit in silence or do we try to talk over you to keep the conversation going. I can usually figure out what you're saying. Right. <laughs> Right, I can well, lift. Thanks, I can, yeah, we gotta get you get rid of that internet, Eastern Shore internet. 
I think I have an issue with my router. Could that be a problem? It's a really old router. Uh, it's a fairly important part. That's true. You were, ha- you were having trouble with the football game yesterday, too. Yeah, and sometimes our internet just, like, stops. And a router upstairs gets really hot. I have to unplug it for, like, 20 minutes, then plug it back in, and it works. <laughs> All right. All right. Tomorrow, call your cable company and tell them your router is getting really hot. Have them send you a new one. But this is – no, we bought this router, like, a long time ago. This is our own. Oh. Then send me a picture of it. I might have one I can send you. All right. I'll do that. What are we doing? Oh, yeah. We're doing a podcast, and we're about to You're leave. closing That's it right. up. I forgot. You can follow us on all the social media platforms. Write us a review on iTunes. It helps our show. Give us five stars. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me at Section336. Follow Bert. At Bert Rohde. And follow Josh. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go Ravens. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles-obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.